Lauren's a blessing. So we've been talking about family. We've been impressed to do that. And, and I'm finding out that we're getting scrunched to get through before Christmas. So I could probably go a few months on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to uh, just open your mouth and pour some stuff down real quick. Can we do that this morning? Uh, we, we got in the middle and I'm finding out that I believe that the most um, needing to be dealt with a member of a family is the guy is the male. So I, we got started on male, and, and, um, and, and we saw, you know, that, that God has designed it for us to be complete when we come together with, with our, our mate, and then, and then when we reproduce, it becomes a part of God being glorified. We saw back in, in Genesis, he said, let us, let us make man, and that included mankind, in our image. And so there's a reflection of God that is taking place in a family. You have the head, which is the father, father God, father in the home. You have the Holy Spirit, which gets everything done. That's the wife, right? And then you have the children, which grow up to reflect the father and the, and the mother, right? So um, I want to just talk some more, though, about uh, and. The the uh, actually we ended with the husband. Remember when Pastor Kim was up here just helping me so much, and uh, you know what I'm liking about this is it's really helping me. When we're looking at, at at the family, though, we have to look to Christ because there's nothing in the world that we can depend on that is a good example, that's a good template for us, is there? In fact, you know, there's so much going on in the world right now that's trying to man. These little kids are getting confused about how they were born. You know, it's like some really amazing things that the enemy wants to come and he's going to try to steal the very thing that would reflect the glory of God, which is a family that's established in the way God designed for it to be, right? Um, so we have to look at Christ uh, and how wonderfully we can, amen? Let me just read a, a couple, this, this statement here. For family to reflect the image of God is designed. It will identify with Christ's example. I'm just going to go through a couple of verses real quick just to reestablish this. I don't know if anybody has not been here for any of this, but this will be good anyway just to go back through this real quick. My old identity has been co-crucified with my uh, Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. What has to take place is a willingness to let go of whatever preconceived ideas we have based upon the experience of our own families in the past, our, what part of the world we came up in, you know, sometimes say, well, I'm just German. This is just the way Germans act, you know? I'm so thankful that in Christ, all of us get a restart. And we can all let, but, but you have to be willing to let go of those things. It's like that little song I said, <laughs> find in me a heart that is willing to be completely changed into your image. And that happens in this way. Happens because of Christ. But there has to be this transformation. I'm going to take God's definition. Of how I'm supposed to be in a family. And I'm going to let me be the one that changes. Amen. <laughs> 
So, 2 Peter talks about this too. So, in this process, there's a divine power that takes place that equips us for this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. Isn't that cool? So, it's not just the divine nature that we're exposed to. We actually participate in it. It becomes who we are. Amen? Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Anything that is corrupted, and it goes back to Adam, anything that's corrupted the family has come from a human desire that just decides it's going to do this in spite of something else. Now, sometimes this happens because of ignorance. You know, you have children growing up today without a daddy. You know, you have children growing up with a, a daddy that does not treat them in a godly way. And so their perspective of things are, is molded by that, right? In fact, each one of us has a father and a mother that weren't Jesus. <laughs> so here's the wonderful thing about this. We weren't just born into uh, an opportunity to be changed by Jesus, we've been born into a family where now we have brothers and sisters in Christ. That maybe we don't have that in a natural realm like we would like it, but God takes us right where we are and we can, he can be, begin to build that reflection of him in a church body. Amen? So, I want to continue, though. We, we stopped in the middle of this talking about husbands. We first started talking about just the male himself. There's certain giftings that a male has, right? But then there's the part that the husband plays, because to have a family, you have to have two come together, right? And the husband has a role to play. And here's the difficulty with it a lot of times, is, is there's a natural strength that's built into a man that is having to deal with an influence that is, and we'll get to the woman in a little while, but there's a strong influence a lot of times in a woman that, that'll, that he's going to have to deal with his strength in a way that's going to be helpful to the woman and not just offended. Because this can happen. And a lot of times a man can shut down, right? So there's a, there's a role for a man to play. And so, um, so grateful for uh, Ephesians five, there's a, there's a passage here that helps us with this to see how a man is supposed to relate to a, his wife. Okay. As a husband. Now I know we, we're speaking to men today, but, um, how many have been on a sports team before? To be effective on a sports team, you don't need to just know your position, do you? You need to know what the other position is supposed to do too. Because there's a, you don't want to try to take their place. For a team to work, you have to stay in your role and let them take their role, right? And I was thinking about this for, the, for us today. If you're not a husband today, you can get great, great understanding about what a husband's role is in finding out what maybe yours isn't. You understand where I'm going with that? Sometimes I think we, we have to be careful. And some, you know, I think sometimes if there's a void there, we feel a need to fill it. Right? I'm just, I'm not a woman, but I'm guessing that. All right? 
it's not getting done, I'm going to get her done, right? But there's a need, there's a need, and, and, and there's a place in faith, and, and for a godly woman, you know, there's a, there, it's, it speaks about that. When a godly woman is, is, is living with a man that doesn't know God, he's, it says that she, he can be won by, it says, her conversation, her way of living her life, right? So it's, it's important to know each other's roles. And in, uh, in Ephesians here, it says 523, I'm going to skip part of this because we've, we've hit it already. But it begins off with this. It says, the husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. And we've talked about that a little bit. But I, and so I'm going to go on down here um, to the 28th. And there's a need for there to be a caring for the, the wife. Remember when we look back at, at how creation took place. Adam said, um, this will be called woman because, because she came from me. And when, and, and part of this we'll get to here, is that coming together creates a unity of the flesh. You know, I think marriage has really gotten messed up in a lot of ways today because, you know, you can marry your cat and you can all kinds of different things. People of the same gender. And, and that, you know, you might love somebody. I've loved friends. I've dearly loved friends. Male friends. You know, I've had affection for them. Not, you know, not weird affection. But, but you know what I'm saying? That does not mean that, that uh, I have to... Get married, you know. In fact, I have some women that I love very much, you know, that I, just because I love somebody doesn't mean I marry them. Because once you marry somebody, according to the word of God, it can only be somebody of the opposite gender because there has to be this unity of flesh that combines unity of spirit and makes possible a reflection of God. And that can only come in a man and woman unity, according to the word of God. And that's, that's why I wanted to preface it with this, with we're born again in Christ. And if we're going to say what God says about stuff, we're going to have to let go of whatever we think, whatever the world thinks. We're going to have to say, what does the Bible say? Amen. If husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for their wives in the same way they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. When you're caring for your wife, you're actually taking care of yourself. Now, this, this could actually sound like a very selfish uh, part of this, right? It's like, well, I'm taking care of her because I care about me. But it's, it's kind of like, like when you give at church, you know. You're not giving for, you're giving out of your heart. You love God. But man, you can't help but be blessed. You know, same thing with a wife, man. You start to, to care about her, sacrifice something, you know, I don't, God's real. Don't you like how God just helps you with this stuff? She might not know it, but man, God's helped me a lot with some things. It's like, you know, I don't want to do that, but I'm going to do it. I like my socks in front of the couch, right where I take them off, but I'm going to pick them up because I love my wife. And you know what blessing that brings to me? I don't have to hear anything said about it. <laughs> what a blessing that is. <laughs> right? 
That's kind of funny. I was loving myself. All right. But there's a real key for men, and I think it, you know, I think a lot of people, I got, we got married, and you think, you think you know it all when you get married, you know, and, and you just don't know diddly squat. You know, so make them go through a whole year of learning something or other, you know, uh, but no, we have to learn it. <laughs> We're tried by fire. <laughs> That's why I don't like singing this. I want to be tried by fire. I've already been tried by fire. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> no, we, we know the, the fire from God is a good thing. You know, <laughs> when we come into his presence, we can let things burn off. But, but um, <laughs> let me just read it. <laughs> For this reason, a man is to leave his father and his mother and lovingly hold to his wife since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is the beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery meant to be a vivid example of Christ in his church. That's what it's supposed to be. So every married man should be gracious to his wife just as he is gracious to himself. And every wife should be tenderly devoted to her husband. We could have saved that for later, but I went ahead and put it in. All right. So, man's glory. I wanted to make this statement because I'm trying to relate to that. You know, I think sometimes men think, well, how how does that work? You know, uh, how, how was being... I was caring for her like I would care for myself. And, and I was trying to relate to it. And I was thinking, it's like, what do men like? And what do men take care of? You can kind of tell where a, a man's heart is based upon what is taken care of the most. Some men like trucks, right? They keep them clean. They keep them sparkly. So let me just read this statement. Can we just kind of go with this a little bit? All right. As a man desires for there to be a representation of his will in various ways. Because this is what happened. I think this is part of the conflict for a man in a home. He, he's the head. He's responsible. <laughs> but he's going to have to learn some things. And we're going to touch on this. This will be very helpful. This is something we get from God. There's... To, to, to get along in the home and actually still maintain your position, there's going to need to be taking on something that's a godly thing. But it's helpful to see it as this is your precious responsibility that you get to care for. This home is, you're the head. We talked about that last week and we'll, we'll see a little bit more about that. But you... It's not, it's not to Lord. It's not to beat up. It's like, hey, get her done or else. No. <laughs> you want those socks cleaned up? Just pick them up yourself. No, no. That's not how it works, right? <laughs> no, no, we'll see. <laughs> so the care of his wife reflects his, this passion in skillfully and lovingly caring for her best presentation. Now, I felt bad about this, uh, and I got to thinking, you know, some women don't want to be all dolled up. That's just not their thing, you know? And uh, so I felt bad because I think I talked about that last week, and I thought, you know, that might make somebody kind of feel bad. Well, uh, my wife doesn't like to be, and I was saying how, you know, how she looks reflects on you, and it's really your responsibility, right? 
uh, you know, s- s- some women might want to be snaggletoothing <laughs> something, you know. I-, I don't know. But however she wants to be needs to be something that you care about. Right? <laughs> you need to be moldable in this area. I've been moldable in some other ways. See, mine is a little... Okay, can I just be re- very revealing? Just for a few moments. And, and, and you have to be forgiving, though. You have to pro- say, I'm forgiving. I didn't hear everybody. Okay. okay. <laughs> I came from Colorado. You know what girls up there look like? They don't wear a whole lot of makeup. They kind of smell like outside. <laughs> You know, <laughs> no. Um, my wife is just a little bit different than Colorado, and and you know, um, sometimes I wouldn't mind a little Colorado, but I take what I get, and and it's and it's wonderful. No, I'm. Did I say that? What did I say? Can I say it different now? She's she's she looks wonderful. She doesn't look like outdoors, except for sometimes, and it's kind of nice when it happens. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> can, can, can you get a, a, an idea, though, or what we're talking about? Because I've, I've, I want to enhance whatever she wants, however she wants to present herself. You know, that's one of those dangerous things, you know. Uh, do I look better in this than that? You know, it's like... <laughs> what is the because because what I want is 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 what's in her heart you know what I mean I are we kind of going in a good direction all right so a care of wife versus care of car sometimes you know you can take a guy and he can say you know what I don't know if I can deal with her at all but I'll tell you what I got my man cave and we're gonna have that fixed up nice and we're gonna have it's like I was getting these monitors over at Costco and some, you know, the guys pass me by while I'm sitting there waiting to, to get checked out. They say, ah, oh, getting ready for football, right? You know, it's like, well, not exactly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, every, everybody kind of has that, yeah, you're, you're getting set up for what you like, right? And, and that's what we can do. I was going to refer to Larry. Larry's got a base camp over here. That thing is just way cool. He's got an arsenal and he's got, he's got, I mean, it's a man place, and it's not halfway. I mean, it's it's to the T. It's really cool. Oh, I'm. Uh, did I devolve too much? Okay, too late. <laughs> and I'm doing a lot of too late's today. I don't, can you get too late's back anyway? I don't know. But I don't know. I was just thinking about it. And, and Larry's such a great... Man, I'm sorry, Larry. I'm just... You want to leave for a while or something? <laughs> we, can, we can talk about you while you're not here or something. Uh, but but he, he, his, his home looks... Is a reflection of that too. His home is, is her place. And he doesn't resist that. He supports it. What, what does she want? That's what we're... We're going to make happen. And that's, that's the sense I get. And, and that's what I'm seeing. You know, what, what is it, you know, guns, tools, what do we have? What, how can we relate to that? Because the part that you actually have 
responsibility over, the thing that you can actually care for. And you know, if there's nothing in your life like that, you might need to start working on that because, you know, cleanliness and excellence is next to godliness, right? And so, but your wife is, is the greatest opportunity to do that, is to actually care for her. Amen? And I, I care for my wife dearly. I don't know if that, if that example messed your image of that up or not, but... Um, <laughs> I need to be the one that's ready to change. I need to be the one that cares and says, what can I do to make a difference? This is Jesus' example. He said, he looked down, he saw problems. He didn't come down, come down with a sledgehammer and fix things with a sledgehammer. He came down with a sacrifice and saying, what can I do to make it change? Amen. Praise God. First Corinthians 11, seven. So I want to just touch on this because there's, there's scriptures like this that I think men can get an idea that maybe, maybe everything should be revolving around them. And maybe, they should, maybe you should just listen to what I have to say because the Bible says you should, right? A man in leadership is under no obligation to have his head covered in the public gatherings. Now, what does that mean? That means because God is the one that he's setting himself under. Now, there's an order in this that, that is good just to get in, involved with. And we're going to see, though, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't put you in a position of superiority at all. It just puts you in a position of responsibility. Amen? Because he is the portrait of God. The man has a responsibility to God for the whole family. Now, here, it, a woman has responsibility to God also, but it's through the man. Her initial responsibility is the man, according to, to what the word says, right? It doesn't make her any less. It just makes her responsibility in a different direction. Now, ultimately, it's God, right? And it's some, when things get skewed, you know, we're going we're gonna to go to God for the answer, right? Because he is a portrait of God and reflects his glory. The woman, on the other hand, reflects the glory of of her husband. And what does that mean? That, that, that her responsibility is to support the man's responsibility unto God. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the more there's a willingness to understand roles, the better there is a chance of getting God's help in fulfilling those roles. Amen? Okay. So, though position to glory in her care, there is no superiority in this position. And this is something that has to take place in the heart of a man if he's going to actually be a good husband. There is no place for feeling superior, dominant. You better do what I said. And we're going to see that there's, there's opportunities for, for this to happen, okay? <laughs> You've already seen that, I'm sure, haven't you? <laughs> okay. Or is it just me? Too late. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. So you just go down a few verses and you get some clarification on this, right? First Corinthians eleven eleven. So then I have to insist that in the Lord neither is woman inferior to man, nor is man inferior to woman. And this can actually happen in different ways in the home if you're not careful. A man can become 
because he's just trying to have peace. He can just say, okay, you just do it all. And he can, he can get to the place where he's beat down. And we spoke about this. I think it's in America, it's a big time thing that uh, masculinity is, is being squashed. That somehow there's no place for that. And that's not true either. There's a place for a man. There's a reason why he's born with more testosterone. You know what I'm saying? For just as, as woman was taken from the side of man, in the same way man is taken from the womb of a woman. God, as the source of all things, designed it this way. That, what does that mean? That, that means each one of us, husband and wife, and this isn't the whole family, but this is the beginning, right? Husband and wife are completely dependent on a Christ example of giving. Amen? And saying, what, where do I change to make this happen? This good? Aren't you glad for the word of God? So there's a necessity of taking responsibility in leadership, though, through encouragement and love by the Spirit. And so I was thinking about this. If we're going to follow a godly example, then what comes out of our mouth needs to be something that's spirit-inspired. Amen? Now, there's something about um, prophetic things. There's, there's different realms of prophecy, but they all fall into the same requirement that 1 Corinthians 14 has here. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, and to bring them comfort. And so we can get all spiritual and say, this is, this is what happens in the house of the Lord, right? So there's going to need to be something coming out of your mouth that's going to be God-inspired, that's not just going to make somebody feel bad or that they can't do something right, Amen? But it's going to be, it's going to be actually, let's just call it prophetic. Can we say it that way? Because it's going to be loving. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be comforting. It's going to be revealing. Because there does need to be direction given. Amen. What's going to come out of your mouth? You're going to need the Holy Spirit. You know, um, I know we have some people here that are, have prophesied before. Prophecy is not something that comes out of your own head. Now, I believe there's things that can come uh, from the word of God that you draw from. And that should be all word-based, right? But there's things that, that when you need to make a difference in somebody's life, it needs to be something you're drawing on a higher power, a higher wisdom than just yours. So that when you give it, it's not going to be given in such a way that it's going to cause more strife than it's causing help. Amen? Don't you like this, using this in this spot right here? That, that we need to be prophetic in our influence as husbands. Amen? And we can draw on the Holy Spirit when we say, God, I can't do this myself. I need some help here. And sometimes you might have to shut up. You know? <laughs> So you cannot love without taking responsibility for correction in spite of potential opposition. So if you're going to be the head of the home, you can't give up on, on having an influence, but you're going to need to draw on the Holy Spirit for that to be done right, right? For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his unfaithful love. So where there is love, there's going to be influence. There's going to be correction. 
made. Amen? To actively engage in a love that refuses bitterness, offense, and insensitivity. So I was wanting to relate to this a little bit. Man, y'all are, you're all, all are getting worried about whenever I say I want to relate to something, right? You think, oh man, what's he going to say now? <laughs> so there are different, different giftings in a man. There's different giftings in a woman. And... And, and this happens with children too. We'll see this in, in fathering children. But what, what you see is a weakness in somebody else or an inability to do something in the way that you want it to be done can be something that causes you to actually become bitter. Or you begin to have talk that is not helpful. Self-talk that is not prophetic. <laughs> right? It's not helping anybody. Am I, am I relating here a little bit? And so what happens is, is bitterness can arise because there, be, there can become a, a sense of helplessness to, to make any difference or for it to ever change. Does that make sense? And so in the process of that, there can, instead, of, instead of responding in a prophetic way, there can, be a, there can be a manly way that says, you better do that or else. Right? And what that does is it disables her ability to submit to you in love. Because all it's doing is creating a toxic atmosphere. Right? Let the husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive toward her. Now, I think the, I think the uh, King James says, uh, uh, never, don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. And what, what is bitterness? That's where you let something start to eat you on the inside. And I could go on and on with my own personal examples. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. If you let something just become a, a root of bitterness, what, what, what happens is you're getting ready to respond in a way that is not godly at all. And there will be no possibility of there being any reflection of God's glory in what's fixing to come out. Does that make sense? <laughs> How much we need God in this, don't we? How much we are blessed as be, in being a new creation in Christ. That we don't have to just hold on to that. Well, that's what my dad did or that's what somebody else does. Amen? No, we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. And we sing that song. He's begun a good work in me. He's going to complete it. I'm not there yet. I just messed up, but I know how to do it now because the word of God shows me in Christ. Amen. There's an answer. Don't you like that? There's, there's a solution. I wrote this down because I just wanted to make all, this, make all these points real quick here. When there is aggravation and animosity as motivation in attempting to gain compliance. You hear what I'm saying? When you're trying to get something done. When you're trying to get somebody to agree with you. And you have aggravation and animosity involved. There is little opportunity for emulating Christ's example. Both for the husband and the wife. Now we're just talking about husbands right now. But this, from the husband's side. What, what you're doing is, is the opposite of being responsible as the head of the home. You're allowing the enemy to come in. Amen? I mean, not amen. Let's don't amen that one. Okay. 
The wife that is being forced, not willfully submitting from the heart, cannot portray the image of Christ. An unending cycle of skewed image occurs where bitterness enters the equation. So what happens is once that take, once it's, it's triggered at all, have you heard of triggers? You know, once that's triggered at all, it becomes a cycle. The response is something that unless they are just, man, they're just dead, just, you know, they're just a, a, oblivious to anything you might do to them. They are going to be hurt. They're going to respond. Demeaning, demanding, any of those things, apart from, they are apart from Christ. And they have no place in the home. Amen? Um, Teasing. Uh, That's just my own little personal victory. Because <laughs> I love to tease. But sometimes teasing is not appropriate if it's demeaning. Amen? There needs to be care. Anything that's coming out of my mouth, if it's not prophetic, if it's not comforting, if it's not helpful, if it's not bringing a direction that's going to be good, and where the correction needs to, play, to, to take place, it will, be take, it will be received, it will be complied with if it's done in the right way. By the Spirit. Answer. Acting in love, not just feeling, but acting as it has been shown in Christ. Amen? So that's going to be not just having a, oh, I love you. Aren't you glad for the infatuation that, that draws, uh, drew us together in the first place, you know? Wow, you got the, your heart's just flip-flopping and it's just, you just don't, you can't even think straight, you know? But, but having a family has to do with loving that sometimes your emotions aren't there with you yet. And you just choose. Amen. Faith toward God and confidence in his presence is directly impacted by choice to either love or not love as a husband representing Christ. And this is partnering in life with her. I really like this concept. Are y'all good this morning? This is some good stuff, isn't it? Praise God. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners. Isn't this cool? This is like equal partners. 50-50 partners. That means you're working together towards something. Amen? Who deserve to be honored, for they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life. Isn't that cool? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, go back to the previous statement here. Sometimes I think this is the biggest hindrance of a husband in a home, in his faith towards God, in how he's treating the wife. Because according to this passage, your faith toward God and confidence in his presence is directly affected by this passage. Amen? You can't have confidence towards God and bitterness towards your wife. The very God you're supposed to be reflecting has, has no ability to, to uh, bring you grace and confidence from your perspective as long as you're damaging the very image that you're supposed to be reflecting. Does that make sense? All right. Okay, I like this. And I'm ending with this as far as the lady goes. And I think I might just... Uh, 
I might just conclude here this morning. Um, There needs to be a continuous discovery. And this is how it is with Christ. You know, when we're looking to Christ to be our example in this, um, he's begun a good, and it's kind of the theme this morning. He's, he's begun a good work, but he's going to complete it. And what, what, what's always taken place with, with God and us? Now, he already knows all about it, but he's always drawing the stuff out of us that he knows is a treasure. Does this make sense? He's not done. He doesn't, he doesn't just put us in a category and say that that's it. He's always drawing. He's always mining more treasure from us. Amen? And I'm thinking if, if that's our example, especially as men who are, are uh, is, is Jesus is the head of the church, right? And he's never done with us. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy or love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. So the first part of that is something is concerning somebody, right? Something's on their heart. There has to be a caring about that. The Lord is doing that for us, isn't he? He cares about what we care about. Not only does he care about it, but he's going to work on it. He's going to perfect it. So that for me, as a husband, it has to be something where I'm continually in a mode of mining treasure. If I'm going to be a part of perfecting it. Does this help? Man, I think this is really great. <laughs> that if I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, going to, I'm, I'm going to have to have an attitude that, that uh, this is a lifetime of discovery in this union that I've been given in Christ. Because it's in Christ. We've been given this. Amen? We're, we're one flesh now. But there's a, there's a, a wealth, and, and it's wonderful when you get in that mode, rather than just saying, that's how she is, I guess. You know? Oh, that wasn't supposed to be that funny. Um. But here's God's, this is Christ's example towards us. He is continually working to perfect us. So, so husbands, that's our job. To continually work to perfect what concerns them. Amen? And then to continually be in an attitude of mercy. She does something that just... I wish she would not do anymore. Or she messes up. You know, women can mess up. They might not think so, but they can. Right? Too late. <laughs> Aren't you grateful for the mercy of Jesus to us? Amen. And that there's, when I do something wrong with Jesus, I don't have to go through a period of proving something, of being away for him, from him for a while. He's created this atmosphere of mercy with me that I can run right back to him because that's where my answer is. I don't feel any, any kind of judgment 
He's not putting me down. There's no condemnation in him. Amen? That, that's what a man should be in the home. Amen? Not ever allowing there to... Mercy, mercy. <laughs> so wives, you should write songs about how your husband's mercies are new every moment. <laughs> Not just morning, right? <laughs> they are new every moment, new every moment, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially if they aren't right now, because you need to be a woman of faith, right? <laughs> Need to be speaking those things as be, that be not as though they were, right? Um, and then it says, do not forsake the works of your hands. That should be, this, this is something we're working towards. Amen? How is God going to be reflected in our, in our families? And this will be good for women this morning too, right? Um, there's a place for a man to take, and you're going to need to submit for him to be able to do that. There, it needs to go on both sides. And where he's not looking like Christ at the moment, you know what to pray for. Amen? And to help him with. Praise God.